It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, 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 we are back with another episode of Take Talk. I am your host, Brett Whitefield. Joined with my co-host, Stephen O'Rourke. Stephen, I woke up this morning. I walked outside. I smelled football in the air, quite literally. It smells like fall outside. It does. I've been thinking that the last couple of days. It's just that yes. crisp bite in the air. It's been like... It is cold, brother. Yeah, it's been like low 50s waking up in the morning. And it's like, you're right. It just like has that smell that football is right around the corner. Yes. And I, I was on uh, the Guru show this morning before we're recording this and i said to him this is the worst week of the entire calendar year yes the, the anticipation is killing me at this point like transitioning from off-season mode to in-season mode it was it was bittersweet but now it's like sweet i just want to football to be here like let's go this week needs to be deleted from the books like yeah i, I hate it man it is too long the the once preseason starts i'm pretty much my brain switches over and then it's like five weeks now until week one. And I'm like, I just need more than that. Or I need less than that. I need to just roll. Let's just get into the, the games. Let's let the NFL season be played. And let's ride, man. I'm ready. I know. These next six days are going to be an absolute grind of waiting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right. Let's quickly hit some NFL news. We will talk about Steve today with things Steve's likes. But we're going to wait for a second. We're going to talk about NFL news. John Taylor situation, Steve, uh, not any better. This is the fifth week in a row I think we've let off with John Taylor. I know. I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing about it. But yeah. it is like, you know, it's like one of the most pertinent kind of items given his status as a player and everything. And it's just, I mean, I don't even know. Like Chris Ballard came out and talked this week and it's yeah. like, you know, he had the whole, it sucks. And then, like, at the end, there someone asked him, like, well, why aren't you re-signing? It's like, well, we won four games last year. And it's like, yeah, because that's Jonathan Taylor's fault. Like. <laughs> it wouldn't be his fault if they won more than that either, though, you know? No, right, right. <laughs> and it definitely did not have any factor of hiring Jeff Saturday to be their head coach for an extended period of time. That definitely had no. That definitely had no impact on the performance of the team that season and it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't chris ballard who made that call so like come on guys lord oh man so for those that don't know i'm sure i don't know how you don't know at this point it's been talked about quite a bit but john taylor did not get traded to miami apparently they were asking for jalen waddle in return which is insane but despite that uh taylor also not only doesn't get traded he he goes to the pup which puts him out until at least week five. Now, I guess it doesn't technically rule out a team trading for him, although if he can't pass a physical, I don't see how a trade gets done. Right. But, I mean, that uh, that's pretty wild. So I don't think we'll see movement on Taylor until right before the trade deadline. Um, I kind of feel like this is just going to be a chalked year for him either way. You know? I mean, McCaffrey was probably – he broke the mold last year. Typically, when guys get traded in season, they don't really go on to perform very well that year. Right. McCaffrey's like the exception. He went to San Francisco. I mean, maybe that's just a position. Running back isn't like the hardest position to figure out. Either you got it or you don't. Right. 
but uh, so I mean, it's a chance that Taylor's just it's not going to be a good year for him when he comes back, anyways. But we shall see. Anyways, I was hoping we'd get some, you know, <laughs> finality here with the situation, and we're just not. I know. It, yeah, it's just it, if anything, it just feels like it's been pushed off. <laughs> yep. It's just like adding him, to, putting him on the pup list, and having that happen is just procrastinating on the issue. <laughs> yep. Other news: Cooper Cup. Uh, has a setback with the hammy. This is this is scary, you know. Cup's body has always kind of failed him. Actually, um, he had the one amazing season. Yep, he was. You know, what do you have? Like eighteen hundred yards and twenty touchdowns or something. Something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, his body held up for that season. That's the only season his body has held up. He's already dealing with this hammy. He's having a setback. Um, this is kind of scary. It looks like maybe he's going to miss three, three, four more weeks. Like, um. Man, uh, that's just tough. Tough. For, the Rams are in a really rough spot right now. Like, yeah, really and you know they obviously their defense is has much to. They're probably going to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I don't think an average NFL fan could name you know three starters beyond Aaron Donald right now. But you know at least the at least having Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford back, it looked like you know the offense could maybe do something, keep them afloat, and at least make them an interesting team. But Without Cup, that receiving room looks way worse. And yeah. just overall as a team, you know, it's going to be much more of a grind for that offense to move the ball. And that defense is really going to have to figure something out. So it'll be interesting to see. But I just, you know, the prospects of that offense have really kind of gone down for the first couple of weeks without Cup. Oof. The prospects of that team. Like, think about it. We, we just did the – the Super Bowl makeup breakdown last week was it or right. two weeks ago? And yeah, it was last. We missed last week, so it was the week yeah. before that. Um, when we looked at that team, that 2021 Rams team, they had six, seven superstar caliber players. They're basically all gone except for Cup, and we're not even sure what Stafford's at right now either. But like Andrew Whitworth gone, Jalen Ramsey gone, um, Vaughn Miller gone. Like it, it's tough. Like they've lost a lot of talent on that team. So, yeah, yeah. And apparently Stafford's going through an existential crisis and can't relate to the young guys in the locker room. <laughs> I have I. I don't want to spend any time trashing a quarterback's wife, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, I, I do get secondhand embarrassment for him, like way more than I should. Just a little bit, yeah. yeah it's. it's uh, it's tough to see that it's you know he's got i mean he's got to be sitting there like come on don't yeah. don't do that yeah she she already apologized for what it's worth for, yeah like, publicly i'm like you should apologize to matthew not john <laughs> <laughs> we don't care i'm sure she did i'm sure she did kelly i've heard kelly's a great lady so she just always finds herself in headlines for unusual reasons yes it's always it's always the most bizarre things that yeah. have popped up with her Yes. Um, all right. Last bit of news. Mike Evans extension talk looks like it's coming to a halt. They've been trying, I guess, for like a year to get something done. He wants to remain a Buccaneer for life. Um, he has stated that if they do not come to an agreement before what Sunday of yeah. next week game or week one, then uh, he's tabling discussions, which would make him an unrestricted free agent. Um. That's big news because Mike Evans is like probably one of the most underappreciated players in the NFL, has been for a while. The yep. dude is literally the most consistent player in the NFL. So, yeah, fantastic streak of a thousand yards in a season. And, you know, with the contract year and the Buccaneers are, you know, probably 
we'll see what they look like. Their defense is still decent, but their offense, you know, with their quarterback situation isn't going to be, you know, high, high flying in any way. So it'll be interesting to see if they do take, obviously if they don't get a deal done, you know, contract year, if Mike Evans starts performing well and there's a playoff team or a team making a push for the playoffs that wants to make a trade, he'd be, a you know, kind of a perfect candidate to bolster a receiver receiver room for a team that's looking to, you know, upgrade that that position and make a final push for the season yep um all right that's it for news let's so the topic of the day today we're gonna go this is our season prediction show steve yeah and our podcast started almost one year ago to the date i think we were maybe a couple weeks earlier than this but it started with a, a season prediction show for 2022 um and so we're coming back here it comes full circle but before we get into that today is things steve's likes so, Steve, hit us with some things that you like, my man. Yeah, we'll move pretty quickly. Uh, first thing I like, I like golf. Love golf, love golfing, love watching golf. I, you know, big fan of it. It's something that really, you know, I probably, once I hit college, I had a roommate that he's a scratch golfer. And, you know, we would go to a course nearby and we would play, we'd play 18 and then we'd sit on the, we'd always get like twilight round and then we'd sit at 18 till like 11 o'clock. Everybody would be. Everybody would have gone home. And we'd sit on eighteen, chipping and every and putting and everything. And so, kind of just like that led me to fall in love with it. And now, you know, I still am not good, you know. But but I love but I love playing it. And I love I love I love even watching it. I love watching the PGA Tour and everything. So that's one thing that I really like. You've worked in the sport too, right? You can yeah. Yeah, I caddied for a year out at TPC Boston too. So that like that was a ton of fun. I would caddy again in my lifetime if I could. That's one of the more exciting and fun jobs you get to, I've ever done because you That's just awesome. you spend you know eight hours on the golf course running around. It's a great workout. I think I, I mean shoot that. Year. I remember that year I went in. I was probably like two hundred ten pounds before the caddying season, and I was like one hundred eighty five after. Ooh. It was crazy. It's just, just like run. I mean, because I was running, because there's four caddying and bag carrying, but you know the difference. Either way, I was you know doing about five to ten miles of walking slash running a, a you know a day. So that's awesome. Um, uh, all right, what else you got? Yeah, the other one is I love live music. I love um, and like I'm not actually like the biggest big concert fan, but I love just going to a bar and listening to live music, having a beer, having a drink and listening to, you know, random bands, live music. I love doing that. And it's nice because Detroit's a solid scene for it. There's a couple bars out there that have it, but that's something my wife and I, you know, whenever we go out to a different city or something, we always try and find some bar with live music and go and sit and do that. I think, I think it's just a, always a good experience and fun time. Yeah. It's just a good vibe. Yeah. And then last thing I like is I like scary movies. I'm a Ooh. big, I'm a big scary movie guy. My, conversely, my wife is not, so I watch all of it on my own. And oh my you know, I remember, like back, back when, back even before my wife and I met, I was a big movie goer on my own. And I loved going to see scary movies by myself. It was, you know, it's just I don't know. I love the thrill of it. I think there's been there's been a couple good ones in the last couple of years, but yeah, it's definitely something that like if I sit down and watch a movie on my own, it's generally. Uh, Scary movie is one of the first picks that I'll make. That's so I'm the complete opposite of that. Personally, I don't like scary movies, which is funny because I kind of have 
you know, a macho persona, I guess, you know, right. all fed. I work out, I'm tatted up, but I hate scary movies. Especially <laughs> I hate them. Um, something about it. I think it's just the fact, like I think about like the human psychology of it and I'm like, someone sat down and decided to write these things like that messes with my mind, bro. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm like, trying to get into the psyche of the writers that have come up with some of this stuff. I, I don't know what, I don't know what would even be going on in your head to be able to sit, just sit down and like think yeah. of different things like that. There's even been like episodes of like criminal minds that have messed me up. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> and, and I'm out. Thank yeah. you, though. Yep, I'll stick to my cheesy action movies. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on. Thank you for the things you like. Um, so we're gonna jump into these season predictions, but we're doing it differently this year, Steve. So last year, if you guys remember, we <laughs> it took us three hours to get through. Um, obviously, since that initial podcast, we've gotten a lot more efficient with our words. Yes, dialogue, and we've we've reduced the the length of the show to somewhere between forty five minutes and an hour and fifteen minutes. So we're gonna try to get into that range for you, probably closer to an hour today. But with that said, I am gonna go through each division and each award, and I'm gonna rapid fire ask Steve who that winner is gonna be, and then after we get through them all, we're gonna double back, and then we'll have some conversation about it. I'll reveal my picks. And uh, and then maybe if there's debate to be had, we will get into some debate. But all right, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. The winner of the AFC East will be Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The winner of the AFC North will be the Steelers. Oh, baby, let's go. The winner of the AFC South will be Jaguars. The winner of the AFC West will be Chiefs. The winner of the NFC East will be. I went Cowboys. <laughs> All of the Eagles fans that work for Fantasy Points are I know. pissed about that. But winner of the NFC North will be? Lions. Winner of the NFC South? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Falcons. Oh, yes. I love it. That was my pick. Winner of the NFC West? I, I'm going to go... Gosh, I, I haven't been hot over this one, but I, I'm going to go Seahawks. Wow. Uh, who do you have for the five seed in the AFC wild card? The Bengals. Bengals. That makes sense. Who do you have for the five seed in the NFC? The Eagles. That makes sense also. Um, who do you have as your AFC champion? AFC champ, I have uh, the Bills. The Bills. NFC champ? Cowboys. Super Bowl champ? Uh, Bills. Bills finally get it done. What team will have the most regular season wins? Um, I'm going to stick with the Bills. The Bills. What team will have the fewest regular season wins? I'm going to... Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Ooh. Uh, team with the most regular season points scored? Chiefs. Fewest team regular season points scored. Buccaneers. <laughs> I think we found something here. Points <laughs> correlate to winning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coach of the year. Dan Campbell. First coach fired. Oh, boy. Um, I got to think through this one real quick. I didn't play in this one. 
Um, I, you, I know you didn't. That's why. That's why it's fun. <laughs> first coach fired. I gotta rattle off my thoughts here. So I can help. You picked the Buccaneers to have the fewest yeah. wins. Todd Bowles is probably definitely yeah I'd, on the seat. You think it could be Todd Bowles? Yeah, I think Todd Bowles. Um, most passing yards. Um, probably the Chiefs to have the most points. Uh, most rushing yards. Let's see. Most rushing yards. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go Josh Jacobs. Oh yes, I like that. Most receiving yards. Tyreek Hill. Smart pick. Defensive player of the year. Uh, TJ Watt. Offensive rookie of the year. Or sorry. Uh, yeah, offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm going to go Bryce Young. Defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Carter. Ooh, offensive player of the year. Tyreek. MVP. Josh Allen. Nice. All right. We did that in four minutes. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Good work. Awesome. So that was fun. Rapid fire round. We have a lot of similar takes and then a lot that are also very different. Um, I can uh, let's just go. Let's go through them all now and we'll we'll discuss. So AFC yeah. East, you picked the Bills. I also had the Bills. Did you contemplate the Dolphins at all? Or no, you didn't because you have the Bills winning the whole whole thing. Uh, right? I mean, not really. I think they're going to be good. I think, yeah, I think they're going to be good. I think the AFC in general, or AFC East in general, is going to be tough. a tough, a tough division. But <clears throat> I just think that when it came down to it, I think that I don't know if I trust Tua a hundred percent, and I don't know. I just the defense has, you know, they're waiting for Ramsey to get back and everything. But yeah. I think they'll be good. But I just think the Bills are going to be just a bit better, and I think that. You know, I think the the Dolphins will probably be the sixth seed, and it'll be you know close between like them and the Bengals for the five seed. But yeah, yeah, I did, but I I'm I'm high on the Bills this year. Yeah, I uh, so I picked the Bills also. I I'm pretty bullish on the Dolphins being good this year, but when I went and looked at their schedule, I got a little gun shy. So <laughs> their schedule's tough. It's it's a little tougher than the Bills. I think the Bills are set up a little more favorably with the way their home away disbursement works out. Plus their yeah. two. Their two um, non-correlated games, I think, were more favorable than the Dolphins. So yeah. I ended up going Bills. Um, AFC North winner, you went Steelers. I went Bengals. So it looks like we're different, but I do think the Steelers are the surprise team of the year. Yeah. I have the Steelers as the five seed in the AFC. So we're pretty simpatico there, even though we, we were a little different. But I, I agree with you. I think the Steelers are going to come out swinging this year. I think Kenny Pickett takes a big step forward. Well, I think they get the most out of his skill set. I'll say it that way. Yeah, that's like I'm not expecting this you know monster year from Pickett, but I am just expecting him to operate well in the offense and be like just a very competent yeah. quarterback. I think that he showed it towards the end of the year last year. The Steelers kind of kicked it up at the end of the year last year. Played pretty well the last like seven eight weeks. From what I've seen in the preseason, I mean, obviously it is preseason, but still, they, you know, he looked in control. He looked to be pushing the ball a little bit more, a little bit more confident in the offense in general. And then 
their defense, I'm, I mean, they just have a lot of dudes on their defense that I think that they can just play well and suffocate. And I think that they can really, their offense isn't going to have to be that good. Cause I think their I think their defense is going to be a top five defense this year. And I think it's going to allow them to, yeah. you know, just not have to score a ton of points on offense, but I think that their offense is going to just be pretty smooth. You know, Najee Harris is fully healthy. He wasn't at the beginning of last year and, you know, he was kind of, he didn't have the best year, but I think their offensive line has improved. It just overall, I think they made the improvements in the right spots to where they can really make a push for the playoffs and make a push to win the division this year. The offensive line being healthy is the the thing for me that really gets me excited because yeah, the, the best teams Tomlin has had have been good O-line, good D-line. We're going to control the pace of this game. We're going to control the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line should be a lot better. Najee wasn't healthy at any point last year either. Yeah, he is healthy this year, and I know, you know, someone someone's going to comment breakout or uh, breakaway run percentage. I don't care. You don't have to have big splash plays to be an effective run game. You really right. just want consistent four, five, six yards with the occasional boom. I think Najee gives him that this year. I think he's back to himself. He's going to see the ball three hundred plus times with a good offensive line. I like it. So if you're picking the Steelers to win, do you have a beef with the Bengals or you just think the Steelers are are the it team this year? They're they're really well coached. That also should be noted. So Yeah, it's just I mean, the Bengals with I mean the Joe Burrow calf injury, I don't know, that could rear its head at the beginning of the season where that what happens with that. But just in general, I it's not a knock on the Bengals really at all. It's just that I think that the Steelers are more are more set up this year. I think the Bengals have a little bit of turnover on their defense. I think that could affect them a little bit, and I think that it it might just be a, di- a difference of a win. But it's again, I like it's not a knock on the Bengals. It's more of the ascension of the Steelers, in my opinion. Gotcha. AFC South winner. You pick the Jaguars. I pick the Jaguars. This doesn't really need a lot of convo. Every single person at Fantasy Points is picking the Jaguars to win that division. So I think every tragedy. single person that watches the NFL is picking the Jaguars to win that Except division. For Mike Vrabel. Yes, of course. Mike Vrabel. The Titans might surprise a little bit. Um, I do think Tannehill's underrated still. They did add Hopkins. Their D-line could be okay with Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons. Um, I, I think the Titans could could play better than people think they will. I don't think they're going to contend for the division though when it's all said and done. No, I think they can. I think they can be around a five hundred. You know, right around five hundred, eight and nine, seven and ten. With, with the last wild card spot is yeah, be their yeah. It's just that I think that offensive line is going to be the death of them this year. That is, there's a lot of pieces there that you don't necessarily love, and they're, they're, you know they have a rookie starting there. It's just. I think Tannehill is going to be kind of under pressure quite a bit this year. And I think that's going to, I think it's going to affect the run game too. I don't know if Derrick Henry's going to, you know, he's hasn't necessarily shown any sign of slowing, slowing down, but still not having a great offensive line. He's had a solid offensive line his entire career. And that, could, I mean, that could impact that. And, you know, he's kind of what makes that offense go a little bit. For sure. Um, AFC West winner, you went chiefs. I also picked the chiefs. This is goes without saying, I don't even want to talk about the Chargers, Steve. The Chargers, we, like the last five of the last ten years, they've been the hype team, and it's never manifested yet. I know they have Kellen Moore, and this is going to make Herbert work. And yeah, I don't care. 
I want to see it first. Let's talk yeah. about them after week three and see where we're at. You know? Yeah, I agree. But for now, I'm, I'm Chiefs all the way. Um, NFC East winner, you picked the Cowboys. I picked the Eagles. This is another situation where we disagree on the division winner, but we do agree that the Cowboys are good. I have them as my five seed in the NFC. Um, yeah, talk about the Cowboys for a second. Yeah, so this, I'm, again, I don't think this is necessarily a knock on the Eagles. This is, again, more just a commentary on what I what I think of the Cowboys. I think their defense is primed to be an amazing defense again this year. You know, they kind of show, they show, um, 2021, they had a, you know, they were number one defense in the NFL. Everybody kind of thought that turnover luck would help that, help that a lot. And they thought they'd regress a little bit. Last year, they didn't. Micah Parsons came out even stronger, played, played really well. And, you know, they were a good defense again. And I think that they're going to do it again this year. Micah Parsons is going to play, I think, even more at the edge instead of an off ball linebacker, which we've talked to, we've talked about ad nauseum. It may, you know, that, just as a defensive construction is makes them a better team. I think that their their secondary is really good. Their linebackers are solid. I think the defense is going to play really well. And then on the offensive side, Dak had a lot of bad turnover luck last year, and I think that that's something that is going to kind of flip in his favor. He's got more weapons. Gallup now gets moved to be their you know kind of their number three their number three option instead of their number two option, and just that alone opens up the offense more. I think that getting you know, Zeke out of there and, you know, stopping to try to, you know, justify, justify the contract and make sure that he gets the ball enough times throughout the year. I think that that going away is going to help. I just, I think this offense is going to take a a little bit of a step this year, just from the pure fact that Dak being healthy and Dak seeing a little bit of, you know, progression i guess with the bad turnover luck and it kind of flipping in his favor this year what's crazy is these two teams arguably have the number one and number two defense in the nfl right eagles and the cowboys so for me it just comes down to what offense i like better i do like the eagles a little better i like aj brown more than cd lamb i like jalen hurts more than Dak prescott i like philly's offensive line more than dallas's that's why i went eagles cowboys though have a really really good roster I mean, they are. Yeah, like if that goes back to like his peak from like what two, three years ago. Yeah, they're definitely in the mix for Super Bowl. 100. Yeah, I fully believe that. Um, that defense is nasty. The corners they got Stephon Gilmore this year with Trayvon Diggs. That that's just excellent. Um, big fan of what they've done there on defense. Um, yeah, that's that's just the only reason I went Eagles over Cowboys. The Eagles have also been there, done that, which I think helps them. Yeah, I mean they're not in some Super Bowl loss lames, which does happen from time to time. So right, right. Uh, all right, NFC North. We both picked the Lions. We are Lions fans. This is a pretty universal pick. There are a sneaky amount of Packers truthers coming out of the woodwork. I know Hanson's big on the Packers winning the division this year, and I'm not. I, I fully believe the Lions win the division, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not a little nervous about what's going on in Green Bay. It looks like they may have done it again with the with the whole quarterback develop thing, sit for three years, come out, and you know, all guns blazing. It looks like they may have done it again, and that would be so discouraging as a as a Detroit native. It really would be. And I know how that we've had these, you know, 
really these last, you know, four or five weeks of preseason to really sit and kind of, you know, allow, allow these takes to kind of gestate and everything. And, you know, I've, the more I've thought about it, the more I've seen the pathway for the lions to not be good. The more, the more I'm seeing like the, the outcomes where that can happen. But when it comes down to it, I think that I do trust the process that Dan Campbell has in there. I trust the culture. I think that Ben Johnson and Jared Goff, I think that just overall Jared Goff has taken a step that maybe not enough people have really given the credit to him yet. I think that getting out of, getting out of LA and kind of taking more ownership of the offense and more ownership of his development, not, you know, kind of being scared of McVay. I think that's helped him a bunch. And I think that we're going to see him take another step. Obviously the turnovers are going to be, they're, they're probably going to have more turnovers this year. That was one of the main reasons they were so successful towards the end of the year is they didn't, they didn't turn the ball over hardly at all. Yeah. And so I think that just, I just really think that golf has taken a step. And I think that the weapons that they've started to put around him, albeit, you know, they brought in some rookies, but I think they're going to be effective rookies. And you know, we talked, we, like we said, we've talked about it a bunch. Offensive line can make an offense go and the lions have a top three offensive line in front of golf. And I think that that, yeah. that alone is going to help them. And then, the defense is super young and a lot of pieces have a chance to develop and, you know, take another step. And I think that them winning the division really relies on that. It, I I have don't really have many concerns with the offense. It's the defense. You can see the pathway for them being a really bad defense again, but you can also see the pathway where you start some of those young guys develop, take the step, you know, Hutchinson takes another step. James Houston gets more reps, you know, plays the entire season instead of being on the practice squad and, you know, contributes as both a run defender and a pass defender. And, you know, the pieces in the secondary, they mesh and it all comes together and Aaron Glenn's system is great. And they're able to run their heavy man blitzing, you know, very aggressive defense. But I just, yeah, I think that it's all contingent on everybody kind of taking a step for the lions. I think enough people are like you said, though, the Packers, it, does concern me. I think that the pass catchers are the one spot where there's a concern with them. I know Christian Watson is not for me. <laughs> I know not I love, for you. I love the group. Yeah, I love their pass catching group there. It's it, but it's you know, and in that it's sense, it, it is but. it's contingent on those guys all taking a step and you know helping Jordan Love kind of realize the talent that he has and sure. Again, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it will kind of come down to the end for both of these teams again this year. And um, I don't know. I think I just think that the Lions have more pieces in place and more of a cohesive system in place in their building that I think that that'll pull through. Yeah, only thing I really disagree on it that you said is I don't I don't really see a pathway for the Lions defense to be bad again. I not saying they're going to be good either but I, I think it's like they've made enough improvements where it would have to be really tragic it would be really tragic if they weren't at least you know 10 spots better than last year Remember, they were dead last in every category yeah and they uh like historical bads in some categories yeah. so i think they at least take like a pretty sizable leap as far as that goes um yeah, uh, let's see here. The NFC South winner. You picked the Falcons. I picked the Falcons. Um, shout out to Chris Wecht. He's the one who really convinced me of this. Um, I had no idea, by the way. I was like, 
in my head, I could make an argument for all four teams, which is funny because you picked the Buccaneers that have the lowest win total. Yeah, um, I can also make an argument for that. So, <laughs> but that's just how weird this division is. Is I think these are four very mediocre teams. Yes. And who wins that division is it is going to be a weird. I think it's weird, but the Falcons have probably the most things going for them right now. They've got three just incredible skill players on offense. Bijan, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. They've got they brought in enough veterans on defense where I think that works a little yeah. bit better this year, which it will help them, especially they already control the game with the clock management so much, running the right. clock down, time of possession, all that stuff. So a little bit better defense helps them. And then their offensive line is just good. And I think that's really going to make the whole thing go. Arthur Smith, um, he's also in a do or die situation. And I just have this feeling that they're going to rise to the rise to the occasion. So um, I agree with you. I like Falcons. Yeah, they're the most insulated to kind of lift up their quarterback. I mean, yes. the, the, that division, that division in general, it's a lot of, you know, either new or yeah, it's either new quarterbacks or, or it's all actually not all new quarterbacks. Now that I think about it, there isn't a single returning starter other than Ritter who played, you know, towards the end of the year there last oh, year. He but, four games. doesn't count. Right. But I think that Ritter's the most insulated to perform well. And I think that Arthur Smith can put, can scheme up an offense that puts him in a position to succeed. And that offense was already solid last year with Mariota and Mariota was horrible. He was yeah. not good. And I think that just more consistency from the quarterback position will get them the extra couple wins they need to win that division. Everybody, I like the Saints, I'm not sold on their defense. I think that they have an aging defense in general and a lot of kind of unknown pieces there. So I think that that's going to be there, what's going to kill them. And then, you know, the Panthers just, I think their offense does, doesn't have enough around Bryce Young right now to really contend for the division. I think that they can be, they'll be frisky They're, I like their defense a lot, but it's just their offense around Bryce Young isn't, isn't where it needs to be just yet. I think let's uh, let's jump NFC West winner. You picked the Seahawks. I picked the 49ers. The Seahawks have definitely become a popular pick, a cute pick. I know Chris Wecht is a, as a Seahawks guy as well. I, I went back and forth here. I, I I was thinking in my head, like, why would I pick the 49ers? I don't believe in Brock Purdy. I think he's a one-hit wonder. And then it hit me. Well, Geno Smith is also a one-hit wonder. Yes. So if I had to pick a one-hit wonder to do it again, I would pick the guy with a better team. And I just think top to bottom, the 49ers right now are still a better football team than the Seahawks, although I think the Seahawks are ascending. So thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean – like you said, it came down to I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be able to be exactly what he was to finish out the year last year and what led them to you know to the playoffs and winning a bunch of games toward the end of the year. I think that he takes kind of a step back. And this is more, again, it's more of I think the Seahawks defense is going to take a big step, and I think that their offense is going to stay pretty consistent. I think Geno is going to keep airing the ball out, adding JSN, adds just another a little bit more juice to their offense but their defense their secondary was was really young is really young i think a lot of those guys take another step and i just and they added some pieces on the defensive line that i think that their defense is going to take a step forward the offense is going to you know probably stay right around the same i think they'll be a top 12 unit and i think that 
that will be enough to kind of propel them over where I think that I just don't, I'm not sold on Purdy in the passing game being as good as it was last year. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> no issues, <laughs> no issues with any of that. So, uh, plus cool. the Nick, plus the Nick Bosa holdout stuff is making me worry. Cause if he's not there on that defense, I think that that mean that makes a huge difference. He, that is, that is true. Yeah. So that, that was really, I think that was kind of the kicker that pushed the Seahawks forward. Now he might not hold out at all and he might play week one and it could be a non, no conversation, but yeah. just as a form of, you know, protecting myself, I think I've, I just chose the Seahawks. That was the final push. Cool. Let's pivot to Super Bowl champion. You went Bills. You think this is the year the Bills get it done? I do. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that I was actually listening to a little bit of Nate Tice and Robert Mays, and I what I gleaned from it was that if you look at the Bills season, they had a crazy season last year. They played a game in Detroit. They had a player almost die on the field. Just the and their quarterback tore you know, messed up his elbow for a period of time. And that kind of took a step back, but he still performed decently well. I just think that it's just going to be more of a status quo year this year. Mm -hmm. And just that alone of having a normal NFL season is, I think that they have all the talent in the world. And I think that Josh Allen is going to, is going to be good throughout the entire year. I don't think we're going to see the issues that cropped up with his arm, which, you know, we, I think everybody speculated that was, you know, coming from the elbow injury. I just think that the bills finally coming due for these guys. And I think that they're, they're going to push through. They, it just, they have so much talent. It just feels like the year where they're finally going to pull through and just win one against the chiefs in the playoffs. I like the bills this year too. Um, I picked the chiefs to win, but I'll say this to your points. I think you made a lot of good points. I was really bullish on the Bills being a, a team that was on the decline at the end of last year. I've kind of come around to considering other facts, and I think that they're still a really good team. They It should be the Chiefs and the Bills, I think, with the Bengals having an outside shot. But Chiefs and Bills probably for me mostly. One thing, too, that is an underrated part of their offense that I don't know why people don't talk about this. Gabe Davis was hurt the entire season last year. Yeah. He is their deep guy. And I know fantasy guys have a, a bad taste in their mouth about Gabe Davis because they view him as don't, a one-trick pony. Don't yada, talk yada, about yada. Gabe Davis in the fantasy community. Not talk about Gabe Davis. But it doesn't change the fact that he is still what he does, even if it is one-dimensional. I don't even agree with that sentiment. But even if it is one-dimensional, what he does for Josh Allen in that offense is very important. Yes. It makes Stephon Diggs better. It makes Dawson Knox better. It's going to make Dalton Kincaid better. Um. Getting him fully healthy going into this year is I, – I really do think it's a big freaking deal. Uh, I think yeah. it's going to make Josh Allen better. It's going to give him confidence. Remember who they were trotting out there last year, like other than Stephon Diggs. With, with a, an injured Gabe Davis, it was like Isaiah McKenzie and the who was the other little slot receiver they brought over from who was completely washed. Not Cole Beasley, different one. Crowder? Yes, Jamison Crowder. That was it. Crowder, McKenzie, beat like these guys are not dudes anymore. Yeah, there's not. So they've upgraded. You know, Davis is healthy. Dalton Kincaid is in the mix. They brought yeah. in Deontay Hardy from the Saints, which is a really underrated 
acquisition. He's perfect for Josh Allen because yeah. Hardy's, you know, if you actually go back and look at uh, the 2021 stats, you know, he was he was right up there at the top for yeah. yards per route run. I mean, granted, he had like a 50, 60 percent, you know, route route run percentage, but yes. still he was He's a play machine. Yeah, he was effective getting the ball. Plays, what, 250 snaps this year? It's still. 250 opportunities for him to have a big play. So, yeah, I like that. Um, that the then James Cook taking over the backfield. That just James adds what, his ceiling over what Singletary was is much high, is, is higher, I think. Yeah. And Damian so that, Harris, Damian Harris yeah. is a better running back than they had last year. Yeah. Um, so, I like those two together is, is a really good combo. Harris will help keep hits off of Allen down near the goal line, I think, yep. which is important. And then Khalil Shakir coming into year two, like he, he had a lot of good tape last year, despite very limited opportunity. I think that could be, I think this offense could get, really get back to what they were. So I'm excited. Um, although I am picking the Chiefs to win. Just, and it's, it comes down to like Mahomes is just, he's arguably the most talented quarterback ever. Yes. He's already done it twice. He's been to three. The Chiefs just seem like there's nothing that can stop them. Um, so until they, I did this when Brady was at his peak, I picked the Patriots to win every year. I just didn't yeah. even, even think about it. Eh, it's going to be the Patriots. I feel like that we're staring down the barrel of a chiefs level dynasty like that. So, um, although Chris Jones might not be available. Which well, is, and so that's where, you know, I had, I'm just going to lead into it. The most points scored. I had the chiefs. Their and defense. Was bad. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing is that I think that, if Chris Jones misses time, if he misses up to week eight, if he misses beyond that, he is the motor that makes that defense go. The difference between him being on and off the field for that defense is astronomical. And we talked about it, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago. Their defensive line without him is not – it's not good. It's not deep. They don't have much juice. They have – you know, they have Karloftis, and that's about the one guy – yeah, they're going to need massive step forwards from two or three guys. Yeah, and so that was the big thing. Is I think absolutely, I think they're going to put points up without yeah. you know any hesitation this year. It's just I think they're going to get into a lot of shootouts this year. I, I've been joking that I think the Lions Chiefs game could go could go over eighty. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I've been saying I've, I've been saying it's if the Lions can hold the Chiefs to thirty five points or less, they have a point. They have a chance to win. Yep, you're <laughs> not wrong because they can because it, it it could be similar to the Lions opening game last year against the Eagles, where it's just teams trading down the field and whoever makes that that critical turnover, that's where that's going to flip the game. The last time Goff and Mahomes played each other on primetime. Monday Night Football a few years back. That what was the score of that game forty eight to forty five or something. Fifty two, forty five, forty eight, forty five. It was, it was one of the most entertaining NFL games it you've was. ever seen because it because it was it was defensive touchdowns. It was offensive touchdowns. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, let's pivot. We're we're at forty two minutes, so let's pivot to some of these uh, yearly awards. Coach of the year, you went Dan Campbell. Obviously, as a Detroit guy, I love to hear that. And if they do indeed follow through and win that division, he will be one of the top vote getters for sure. Is that yeah. what you think? Yeah, I think that if they win the division, if they can win it handily, if they can win it at like having an eleven and six record, I think that 
that enough and just having the team perform looking strong where there were, you know, there were never any blowouts. They were always in games and they go through pull and win the division. I think that the media and everyone around him will like him enough that I think he'll pull through the other guy. I mean, if it's not him for sure. Yeah. If it's not him, it's Mike Tomlin. I think I considered Tomlin. The guy I went with though was Arthur Smith. If, Which that's if, a good one too. I predicted the, Pal- the Falcons. I said Falcons. What is wrong? With that? <laughs> that's what it was. Predicted the Falcons to win the division. If they do, if they go from picking eight in the draft after a pretty crummy year to winning the division, Arthur Smith is going to be in the end of the discussion. Yeah. I didn't think about this though until just now. Dan Campbell does get personality points in that. He instance. does. There will be a lot of people voting for him just because they like him, where Arthur Smith is literally on the opposite side of the spectrum. Nobody likes him. So right. Nobody likes him. <laughs> right. He's just kind of a... He's just blah. Yeah. Blah. There's not yeah. much there. Yep. Um, let's see here. Well, I guess we can do first coach fired. You said Todd Bowles, which if I agree if they are, have the fewest wins, he's the first coach fired. Yeah. Because that means they'll probably start like one and eight or something. Um, I went with Josh McDaniels. Um, I think the Raiders Ooh. are bad. And I I think the Patriots culture just doesn't work outside of New England. We've seen this time and time again at this point. If the Raiders start one and set, like I think Chris and I have a bet, a side bet where I I said he's gone by Black Friday. Wow. Or Black Friday or sooner. He's gone. Wow. That's my It's yeah, it's, it's there. Their defense isn't much improved and, that offense could be a train wreck. Yeah. Well, we will see. I mean, I, I do I do like Jacobs a lot because I think they're going to rely on him. But if you're having to rely on Josh Jacobs while you have a bad defense, that probably means you're getting your teeth kicked in quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, ball control offense with having a bad defense isn't a strategy that wins many games. No. No. We saw the Matt Patricia era here, and it was bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's do let's do uh let's see offensive player of the year you went Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Right. So that is also my pick for for offensive player of the year. I I thought about Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh. And so I I actually picked Amon Ra to have the most receiving yards in the NFL. You picked okay. Tyreek. Wow. The reason I diverted to Tyreek for offensive player of the year is I think Tyreek probably scores more touchdowns by a handsome amount and he's also going to have five or six 60 yard plays that just in your head you're going to think Tyreek had so much better of a season even though I think their stat lines could be similar um but yeah I, I like Tyreek for offensive play of the year what do you think about Amon Ra most receiving yards I I mean I love that as a dark horse pick I mean I yeah. I've been saying people that I've been saying to people that I think Amon Ra is the one guy one of the few guys in the NFL that you can kind of hang your hat on to see a consistent like eight receptions, hundred yards, and a touchdown week in week out because he, I mean, he is golf security blanket. Golf trusts him to win at at almost every spot. I'm out. I'm out. What he's he's not just like he's golf security blanket, but he's also golf's deep threat. He's also golf's number one receiver in every pro, every progression they run. Yeah. Oh he's yeah, also, they don't have anybody else, Steven. That's why I picked him. Who the fuck is catching passes in Detroit not named Jameer Gibbs or Amon Ross St. Brown? Sam Laporta's a rookie. I love him. I think they love him. He's still a rookie tight end. It's going to take a minute. Josh Reynolds is a fine number three. 
Yeah. Taylor Simmons, a fine number three. Marvin Jones Jr. is the oldest receiver in the NFL, not named Matthew Slater, who only plays <laughs> on special teams. Who the frick else is catching passes in Detroit this year? Matt Nelson is going to come in as the sixth tight end. And <laughs> I'm wondering if I was going to have 180 targets if he stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that automatically puts him in most receiving yard category. That's yeah. this is why he's my pick. Because I think that offense is still going to be good. And if they're going to be good, they have to throw the ball to somebody. <laughs> so it's going to be Amonra. And just as like Ben Johnson's ability to move Amonra completely around the field and get him into favorable positions is he's really good at that. And yes. it's just he's gonna play on the outside a little more this year too, which should open up some more deep type stuff for him. Yeah. So. Um, oh, also, I need to note, when I do these awards, I don't pick the obvious people on purpose. So I picked like Amon Ra for most receiving yards because everyone, no one's picking that. Like Everyone's right. like, oh, Mark Chase, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, dude, yeah, all those guys are probably going to win it, sure. Even like my <laughs> award, like Defensive Player of the Year, I went Jalen Phillips. Oh. I'm going Dark Horse. So yeah, TJ Watt is an obvious one. Nick Bosa is an obvious one. Those guys probably win it. Mike, or Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. I get all the obvious ones. I'm going Jalen Phillips. I like I'm going that. With, uh, he's just going to take the league by storm. I think he puts up an 18-sack season for Miami this year. Um, and he's he takes that defense to another level. Yeah, my dark horse would be uh, actually Minka, Fit, Pat, Minka Fitzpatrick. For defensive player of the year? Yeah. Nice. I think if Watt doesn't win it, I think that Mink, I think that Steelers defense is going to be really good. And Minka Fitzpatrick has a nose for the ball. I think that if he, you know, if he can force – total of like you know eight to ten turnovers between interceptions and fumbles for us i think that he could be right there in the conversation with them that's fair um let's see offensive rookie of the year we both went bryce young yeah you went bryce young right yeah yeah the sexy pick is b john robinson because everyone's assume he's gonna get 300 carries and he, he probably will yeah um but i i like bryce young as a dark horse i think he even just what I saw in the preseason, he's already ahead of guys like Justin Fields and I would even say Kenny Pickett. Like his pre and post snap work with his brain is already ahead of those guys, and that that gets me excited. And I know he's little, and I had concerns with him coming out of the draft. I just he looks the part to me, and the preseason and he looked like a legit NFL starter already. And he has a solid offensive line in front of him. Solidish, yes. It's you know, it's not amazing, but I think it's solid, and I think that love and Icky get absolutely just destroyed by Romeo Aquara. Yeah, that was rough. That was Romeo, tough to watch. Yeah, Romeo's a, a good player, but he's not a guy who should be beating your your star offensive tackle in half a second. Yeah, and he whooped him a couple times. Yeah, but that said, I do think Icky is is gonna. That's those are two plays, you know, so not that big of a deal, but. Um, Taylor Moton still a good offensive tackle, and then their interior got a lot better this year. So yeah, I think, which uh, I think you know that's huge for a rookie quarterback to be able to just sit sit back there and actually confidently go through progressions and not have to have that internal clock of oh my gosh I'm going to get my head taken off in two seconds. Quarterback is the size of an eight year old. That is true. Yeah, I mean that's that's really important. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dark horse for offensive rookie uh, Zay Flowers. Oh yeah, I think that I think that if that offense takes the step that everyone believes that it'll take with the new offense and having them throw the ball a little bit more, I think that who knows if Odell stays healthy for the entire season? He has not shown that he can do that. 
recently. And so I think that with how they, with how they're going to spread it out, I think that Zay flowers in the slot could see a ton of work. And I think that he could end up having a really good season and he could pull out the offensive rookie of the year. Nice. Uh, you want like a real dark horse offensive yeah. rookie of the year? Like real dark horse? Real, real dark horse. Real, real dark horse. <laughs> Jaden Reed, Packers wide receiver. I like that one too. I think he's going to be the volume guy in the offense. I don't think Watson is a volume guy. He is a let's scheme him some touches, get him some deep targets kind of guy. So he might have games where he's eight to ten targets, but I think for the most part he's, you know, he's not a volume guy. Yeah. Romeo Dubs is also not a volume guy. He's more of a possession, back shoulder type player. Yep. Red targets. I think Reed's going to be the full point. Musgrave's a rookie. I like Musgrave. He's a tight end, though. It's going to take a while, just like it will with Laporta. Um, so I think Reed is going to be the volume guy in that offense. And I think, I mean, if he caught 90 passes, he'd be in the driver's seat, or he'd be one of the guys in the conversation, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely in the range of outcomes for him. Um, Sweet. MVP. Joshua Allen you, is who you picked. I picked one Patrick Mahomes. Both of our picks make sense. We picked their teams to win the Super Bowl. If you're on the best team, you got a really good shot to win the MVP if you're the quarterback. So Yeah. I mean, um, at this point, MVP is a, basically a quarterback award. It's, yeah. you know, essentially quarterback on the best team. It's is what it's kind of morphed into in a way. But, yep. yeah. Oh, shoot. We forgot defensive rookie of the year. Dang it. You're always supposed to save MVP for last, and I, I, I messed it up. I'm sorry. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Who did you pick again? I went with Jalen Carter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. He's number one player in the draft, so. Yeah. Go figure. I would pick him to win. Player and, he, and, yeah, he's got a lot of great players around him where he's going to see good favorable matchups because of what everybody has to deal with on the defensive line around him to where he can cause some havoc and it'll allow him to be a little bit more free running. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I don't even know if I have it. I'm going to go ultra homer pick. Brian Branch. Yeah, he was my he's my, my dark horse. Is it even a dark... When you see the guy play and the way he moves on the field already, I'm just like... he Steve, he might be their best defensive player as a rookie. Genuinely. Yeah, genuinely. Like, he looks that good already. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too excited about it because <laughs> – but he lo- he looks freaking awesome. And uh, I think he could rack up a million tackles, and I think he's going to get a few few picks as well. So Yeah, and same type of thing. He's got a little bit more uh, – he's got some good guys around him to where I think that they'll be able to use him in a lot of different ways. I think that they're going to blitz him a lot. They're going to yes. have him play in the box a decent amount. They're going to have him play in the nickel. I think that he's going to see enough burn in a lot of different places that he'll be able to kind of accumulate – a very full stat sheet. Agreed. Yeah, like end of the year, he could be like well over 100 tackles plus, you know, four interceptions and three sacks and like all that stuff kind of starts to matter. Those three sacks do matter. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. MVP. <laughs> we already did half the conversation. So. <laughs> But yeah, ultimately, like these two both play in incredible offenses, Mahomes and Allen. Yeah, it's it's hard, it's really hard to predict because the, usually their stat lines are so gaudy. You're just like, okay, 
Um, and Rodgers has been in the mix the last few years as well because his stat lines have also been gaudy. Minus yeah. last. But um, you can't go wrong with either guy, I don't think. I would even put like Hertz is going to be in the conversation. Yeah. Um, do you think Dak will get there? I like think if Dak, you're one to win the NFC. I think Dak can be in the conversation. I just think that Dak just gets a just not the best rap with everyone. Yeah. So I think that even if the Cowboys do play well and even if their offense is good, that the, I think the narrative will be about how the pieces around him lifted him up and how the defense carried their team and less so about how Dak carried the team. And yeah, I just think that's more of it's like I said, it's more of the conversation around Dak and what he's been and everything that I think that is going to end up impacting him more so than than him actually, you know, having the stats. But I, I just don't think he can. I just don't think he'll have as gaudy of stats as like a Josh Allen or a Mahomes. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we're gonna do one more before we close out the show. Well, I got. I'm gonna close it on a rant. But before we get to that. Um, we want to talk about comeback player of the year, right? I mean, I think you and I are headspaces in the same spot, and that's uh, Demar Hamlin. If he even, I think to to quote you, Steve, if he even steps foot on a football field this year, he wins comeback player of the year. Yeah, which I think that was a quote that I saw from I think it was Scott Barrett on Twitter. Okay. I think I saw them. I think I, th- I can't remember what who we were, I can't remember who he was talking to. Who he was tweeting to. But I saw that and I was like, yeah, that's 100% true. If DeMar Hamlin plays a snap, it doesn't matter because it's literally like coming the comeback player of the year. Like you can't come back from worse circumstances than what DeMar Hamlin is going to be coming back from. Yeah. And just the, you know, everybody's so invested into his success at this point. So I do think it would be a pretty landslide victory. I'm not even, I haven't even like thought about any potential other candidates. I'm I'm not, I'm not even sure there is one who, who would it be? Um, And you could argue like, I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't even look, I didn't even look at the odds. I've looked at the odds for most of everything else. I didn't even look at the odds for comeback player of the year. Yeah. Because because I didn't even think it was worth it. It's probably going to be Hamlin. And he's going to play snaps, by the way. He, he made the Bills roster. Yep. Um, I think he's in some packages they're running, and he's probably even got a chance to work into some some legitimate role there. So, um, yeah, yeah the, the guys behind the guys behind him on, like, the odds on are, you know, Tua, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Brees Hall. John Mechie III is actually on there, which – it's actually not a bad one, but yeah. It, Wait, Russell Wilson, didn't he start 17 games last year? Yeah, he's, it's, it's, Are it's, we giving comeback player of the year awards to guys who sucked the year before now? I guess. It's in the conversation. You, you pulled your head of your, out of your ass. You're now <laughs> – you've once again proven you're a good player. <laughs> or, or, or I mean, if anything, it would be more of congrats to Sean Payton for figuring out how to yeah. reconfigure you. It if, wouldn't be, I wouldn't I'll be, be Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'll make that bold take right now. If if Russell Wilson wins comeback player of the year, Sean Payton's winning coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. Those two things will go hand in hand. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's wrap it up. I wanted to talk about one thing, Steve, that's driving me insane. I wanted to lead the show with this, but I completely forgot until right now. So there's been a kicker carousel post fifty three man roster cutdown. 
It's yep. not just the Lions. There's been a lot of teams. Yep. There's been like what three trades for kickers in the last week. There was a couple before that. Um, guys getting cut and immediately scooped up. Multiple teams carrying kickers on their practice squad. Like there's a an absolute kicker carousel, and fan bases have completely lost their mind over these kicker carousels. And again, oh, yeah. not, not just Detroit. I'm seeing it in other cities where the kick they're spending so much time talking about the kicker. And I just want to point out one thing. Having a good kicker makes your team worse because you get stupidly comfortable. And when you get to the 33-yard line and it's fourth and two, you shouldn't be kicking a field goal there, Steve. You should be going for it. Yes. And what happens is you get a Justin Tucker. You settle for three points way more than you should. You cannot tell me Justin Tucker hasn't hurt that Ravens offense the last five years. And I Justin Tucker is the best kicker of all time. Let's just get that out there. But yeah. The only time you want to have a good kicker is when you need three points at the end of a game. Yeah. That's it. You should – this obviously third and ten or fourth and ten from the 30 is different. I'm talking about those situations. And, and Dan Campbell, for the most part, has just stopped kicking field goals in those situations, which is good. There's some other coaches that are pretty forward-thinking with analytics. Yeah. If you're like fourth and three and less and you're in the 50-yard range – the, there's no reason to kick right there. Yeah, the, the make percentage is too low, and your convert percentage, if you go for it, is too high. It's it's a it's a way value add to go for it. I'm I'm convinced good kickers make offenses worse. You score less points when you have a good kicker because you you get comfortable. Like oh, he's remember when the Lions had Matt Prater? Yeah, it's like if they got to you know the forty yard line, they were settling for three. You know, it was so it was so stupid. Right. I hate that. I'm I'm aggressive by nature. I I want to see coaches go for it way more than they do. Um, also, there's so many. Pretty much every coaching decision that we scrutinize, whether it's our show or another show, it always is about kicking a field goal when you shouldn't have because the circumstances were wrong. Yeah, that problem gets solved if you don't do it. If you just don't kick, and one way to help that is by not worrying about who your freaking kicker is. Rant over. Get a guy that can make the extra points and that yes. has a strong enough leg that it opens up the possibility to a deep field goal. Other than that, I think it's it. like if you're if you're not going for it on fourth and four, fourth and three inside the fifty, that's an indictment on your offense. It's an indictment yeah. on your offensive coordinator. It's an indictment on your quarterback. Because what you're saying is, I don't believe that they can get me three or four yards. Yes. I mean, every offense builds out a playbook of, you know, crunch time moment plays that they can run in those like short yarded situations. It's like, you know, two point package situations like that. If you can't trust your offense to do that, then you're then you don't think your team can go that far, in my opinion. Correct. Exactly. Spot on. Okay, that's it we're done um the season is here people we are super pumped so we'll be back next week breaking down the week one slate probably not all of it but we'll pick our favorite games man are you flirting with me brett (laughs) yeah do you (laughs) on a date steve and break down some games with me oh that's just music to my ears that the nfl is 
we're going to get actual meaningful NFL football this upcoming week. Yes. So we'll be back with that. Um, Still tons of content coming out at Fantasy Points. Our YouTube YouTube channel is exploding. Oh, that's actually an announcement. We should do that, Steve. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the last episode that will not be on the YouTube channel. Moving forward, you'll be able to, you know, download the uh, the podcast on all of your platforms, which we greatly appreciate. The millions and millions of listeners we have, absolutely. And uh, but we also want you to go on YouTube and watch it, and you can see Steve's pretty face and my shiny dome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see all the fa- all the faces and reactions that Brett and I have in real time. Yes, in real time. So. Um, I know I've announced things early before, and it's quite possible I did that this time as well. <laughs> but I think the plan is to be on YouTube next week. So, anyways, um, that's going to do it. We'll be back next week with real football. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.